Good evening, friends. You are listening to Heart of Indie Radio, and tonight we have a special guest in our studios, Lauren Waller. Now, she's a Los Angeles-based artist, and she is into indie pop. She mixes lots of different sounds. She's had great success across the globe with her music, and she's opened up for some very, very cool bands, which we'll be talking about later on. Please welcome Lauren Waller. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Excellent. Thank you so much. And I am such a fan of not only your music, but just your beautiful heart. I've had the privilege of actually meeting you and hearing you sing live. And you always connect with your audience. That's what I love about you, Lauren, is that not only are you talented, but you're so authentic with your message. And I think people have, you know, obviously really connected with your music and I think feel like you're singing to them somehow, which is how I also (laughs) felt when I heard you. So thank you for taking time to talk to us tonight. No, thank you. Well, you've had a great response to your music, and it's it's been a response that hasn't just been in your area of Los Angeles, but across the globe with radio play and obviously lots of fans. And you've also opened, as I mentioned before, some really cool, iconic bands that I'm sure our listeners will be like, wow, Wilson Phillips <laughs> and Flock of Seagulls. And I think I was reading recently that you were you were actually supposed to open for a very famous, well-known artist until um, recently because of the COVID thing. Can you tell us a little bit about, was it Katie? Katie Katie Tunstall, Tunstall, yeah. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) I'm very excited, was very um, grateful to get the opportunity to open for her. Unfortunately, uh, I was set to open for her in May. And obviously, um, we are not doing live shows currently, so the show has since been postponed. I'm hoping whenever... um, I don't know that we're allowed to do live shows again, that I'll be given the opportunity to open for her, but it's, it, it's exciting nonetheless to even be considered to open for her. Absolutely. And Wilson Phillips. Oh my goodness. That is, yeah, I that mean, do really... you, do you wake up and pinch yourself and be like, oh, I opened for Wilson Phillips. <laughs> that was such, it was such a fun show. Um, and I, that was probably one of the really exciting ones um, because I've opened for truly, truly iconic um, bands like Flock of Seagulls. And um, I even opened for Helen Reddy, who is the I'm Woman Hear Me Roar um, original songwriter. Oh, and, wow. Okay. Yeah. And so those are really exciting, but obviously a little bit outside of, I'm 25 years old. So um a bit outside of the genre that most of the people my age listen to. So Wilson Phillips was a huge one for people my age to really, they knew like new and connected to Wilson Phillips. So that was really fun. That's awesome. Were you nervous? I just have to ask. I mean, it was it, was it nerve wracking? I don't really get nervous anymore performing. Um, so I don't think I was, I don't think I was nervous because of the caliber of artists that I was opening for. Like nerves, I do think is a thing. But at this point, I really just don't get nervous anymore because I'm so excited to perform. That's that's awesome. And I'd love for our listeners to know, obviously, we've, we now know a little bit more about what you what you were doing in terms of, of live performances. But how did you get to that out of that place? You know, like what was the musical journey of Lauren Waller like? Uh, the journey was hard and <laughs> filled with a lot of challenges. <laughs> um, <laughs> I always start the story with the fact that when I was six years old, my brother told me I couldn't sing, which seems like something very insignificant. But as a six-year-old, that really 
hurt me down to the core and it was completely devastating and embarrassing. So I stopped singing in front of people at the age of six. Um, beyond that, music was a part of my life. I was in piano classes growing up and I sang like in the school choir and my dad was uh, a huge inspiration to me. He is a hobby musician. Um, he plays the guitar and has this really cool, great voice. So I would grow up listening to him play just in his room or um, with his hobby band uh, doing showcases. And that kind of just always meant that music was a part of my life because my dad and I are really close. So that's a great connection that we've had. Um, and then fast forward to when I was 17 in high school, I needed to join a new elective and all my friends were joining this women's chorus. So I did what all my friends are doing and I joined the chorus too. And a few months into the school year, there's this big spring concert and everybody encouraged me to audition. Um, my friends had heard me sing in the car before, but I still at this point not sung in front of people. So I said, no way am I doing that. That's, it was an improbability in my mind. Um, but then the night before the auditions, one of my friends sent me this song, which was The Best Day by Taylor Swift. I never heard of it before. Um, obviously I heard Taylor Swift before, I'd never heard the song and she said, I really think you should just try it. What's the worst thing that can happen? And so I tried it and sh shocked everybody, uh, shocked my choir teacher, shocked myself. I got the solo. And um, a few weeks later, when the con come around, I hadn't let my parents hear me sing. I hadn't let them hear me practice. They hadn't heard me sing it since I was six years old and they were so nervous. They told me that they were so nervous for me sitting in the audience thinking that I was going to completely embarrass myself. And I didn't, it actually turned out a lot better than expected. Um, so this one audition for this one concert kind of set me off on the path of making music. Um, my parents encouraged me to play a few shows with my dad's band, uh, just doing cover songs. Um, which actually one of the cover songs that I did was uh, Breathe 2AM by Anna Nalek. And that was five or six years ago. And actually last year I had the opportunity to open for Anna Nalek, which was really cool. Wow. And that's such a gorgeous song too. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and so it was great. I got to meet her and talk to her and like tell her that she was really inspiring to me as like a, a 17, 18 year old. And then to meet her a few years later was really cool. Um, but the one problem with those shows that I was doing is that they were all horrible. I go back and I look at the footage <laughs> <laughs> and they were really bad. And it's, I had a natural gift for singing, but I had no idea what I was doing. I hadn't honed my technique at all. I hadn't really worked with a vocal coach. I had no idea how to interact with an audience. I had zero stage presence. I was so nervous before all the shows. All I could focus on was uh, getting the lyrics right or staring at a piece of paper getting the lyrics right but the important thing about these shows is that it gave me a really really safe environment to figure out everything that I needed to figure out to be an entertainer and an artist and so a few years later when I was given the opportunity to try writing music which it still really at this point it was just going to be a gift for my mom I wanted to give her something nice something that came directly from me and this EP was really just playing around with a different um, bunch of different music styles. I'd never tried writing before. Um, like there's a really fast driving rock song on this EP and then there's a very soft acoustic guitar track on it just because it was all fun project and experiment. But 
I found out that I really loved writing and sharing my story through music. Um, so I started playing more shows and writing a lot more and diving into this music world, all while balancing my college career. Um, I had the incredible opportunity to perform my first uh, single ever, which is Never Were. I performed it on RTE, which is Ireland's national television. Uh, I got connected with A&R Worldwide, um, who I love working with, and I was connected with two writing partners. And we worked on my second EP called No Names Here, and I'm really, really proud of that EP. Um, and we've also worked on so many in between and this past year and I've been playing so many shows really just honing in on my live craft because that is so important to me as an artist and as a storyteller is to be able to effectively communicate and connect with my audience um and obviously it was a little tough reckoning with COVID and live shows but now I'm really just focusing on writing that's awesome and I love you know you you really are a strong songwriter I think that's one of the first things that I, because um, I heard your music before, um, I, both uh, Monty and Ryan um, from A&R Worldwide were kind enough to share your music with me. And, and I thought, wow. And I said, oh, I love this girl's voice so much. And then the, <laughs> just the songwriting style, though, is very, very strong. You know, you really are a, a, an amazing lyricist. And I think just to have heard the story of, you know, you're six, brother tells you you can't <laughs> sing. And then fast forward to a time where you know, this amazing opportunity turns out, you know, turns up and you think, oh, I'm not really sure Then your friend says, hey, I want you to sing the song. And then then suddenly you're writing your own music. I mean, it's pretty incredible how every single one of those moments have led you to the place where you are now. And yes, you're not able to perform out, you know, live at the moment because of COVID. But just to know that you've had that kind of response to your music is that must feel so good. Yeah, it's really, really special. <laughs> It's And it's great to, to know that you're not only passionate about, you know, music, but you're also passionate about mental health. And you know personally how important that is. And you've actually written a few songs about this subject, which I'd love for you to, to expand on. And it's really something that resonates with our radio station here at Heart of Indie Radio. And I'd love for our listeners to be encouraged by what you might have on your heart for us tonight on the, on those things. Yeah, so right off the top... Um... I just want to share, like, if you want an example uh, to go ahead and listen to right after you listen to this, um, a few of the songs that really focus on mental health in my um, collection is Down, which is on my second EP, No Names Here, and then Letter, Breathe, and Blame, which are all on my first EP called Perhaps. Um, mental health is such a passion of mine because I struggle with mental health issues. Um, the story about the beginnings of my musical journey is really rooted in what was later diagnosed as severe social anxiety and depression. Um, I was an incredibly shy, anxious preteen and teenager, and now I am a less shy, but still very anxious adult. <laughs> um, <laughs> and actually, when I tell people that I have social anxiety, I usually get laughed at at this point because I don't fit the image of what someone with severe social anxiety looks like. I have, at times, an obnoxiously loud and outgoing personality, but what a lot of people don't realize is that that is a coping mechanism for social anxiety, is having an oh, outgoing personality. So while I don't appear as the image of an anxious person, that doesn't mean that it doesn't exist within me. And that really is important um, to me for people to understand that mental health comes in so many different packages and people. So it's detrimental and invalidating to a person when you don't believe them or you've 
even if you laugh at them when they share something personal. So that, when I started writing, was so important for me to share these struggles that I've lived with because, I mean, well, one, I get inspiration from myself. I get inspiration from stories that have happened to me because that's what I like to do. I like to tell stories and usually the best ones are the personal ones. And so I really wanted to normalize mental health issues. Um, Down, which is on my last EP, that is literally a song about depression. And I think that our society has made great strides in normalizing mental health, but especially in America where I am, I think we still have a long way to go. And I think it's important to tell a story that doesn't always end with a happy ending or some quick, easy resolve, because that's not an accurate portrayal of life. And so that actually is down. Down doesn't have a happy ending. Down is about living and struggling with depression. And I don't wake up one day and I'm not perfectly cured and happy from depression. It's just what life is. It doesn't need to have that happy ending. So writing these songs created a way for me to vent and put my own story out there but also it gives me a chance to have one person hear one of my songs and connect to it and help save them. And that's all I can really ask for as an artist um, because I've had that feeling before from a different musician and it truly saved me. And so that's like really what I wanna give back to people when I write these songs, focusing on different struggles where it comes to mental health, I want Mm -hmm. to be able to connect and help somebody. That's awesome. And I think what you what you said really uh, it makes sense. I mean, it's not it's not about a, a perfect package or tying something up with a with a with a perfect bow at the end of it when you are struggling. But at the same time, it is about giving people hope, which I feel like you've you've been able to illustrate because you've gone on and no matter what's happened, you've you've put one foot in front of the other and you've 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 decided that, OK, I don't feel that great today, but tomorrow's a new day and I'm just going to keep going forward and I think that that's that's really that's lovely and it's but it's also very real because I feel yeah. like because I feel like that the listeners that are you know tuning in right now that that are perhaps struggling with you know um, depression or feeling blue or feeling isolated right because a lot of us can't go you know we can't see Anywhere. our family or our <laughs> friends uh, and and I think that it's it is about admitting those feelings and being and being okay with this is how it is right at the moment but knowing that tomorrow will bring a change of some sort and that you know we just don't know what the future brings and I think you're a great example of that you just you had no idea that you had this talent and but then you have gone on and it's really been something that I think is really obviously like you said it's been really healing for you Mm -hmm. to write and create music and then know that you're making an impact on other people's must give you that kind of no, it might give you, I guess, that sort of um, igniting to to keep going and to keep doing it for uh, not only yourself, but for others that are going to be touched by your message, which is really cool. I really love that about you, Lauren. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, it really, it just really has given me a great sense of purpose. Um, just because, I mean, like I said, it's been a very uh, internal kind of venting and getting all out and coming to terms with it. And through that, it actually has really been able to help me in um, having opportunities to work specifically on projects um, in relation to mental health. I've been able to, I think, more effectively help others because of that. Um, I've been a part of a few different mental health campaigns um, in the past few years that have been 
really close to my heart because it is something so personal. And I don't think, I, I really don't think if I hadn't started writing these songs, I don't think I would have been able to even be involved in these projects and be able to help as effectively as I have because of that. That's so awesome. And obviously you've got, you've got lots going on. You've got music and you're passionate about mental health, but you also stay active in, you know, advocacy for sustainability and which is really, really neat. And I'd love for our listeners to, to know more about your thoughts on this topic and how perhaps we can take away some, you know, some, some easy how to's about how we can do better. <laughs> I have so many thoughts on this. Okay. <laughs> Everyone's going to have to <laughs> well, bear maybe with a me. short version. <laughs> a short version. <laughs> um, first, I just want to say not everyone's going to agree with me on this, and that's totally fine with me. These are just my own personal things that I consider. Um, yes, corporations are a great cause to the detriment of our planet. And yes, it's unfair to put individual pressures on um, us to save the planet. But I think that if you are able to consume more ethically and sustainably, that there are changes in life that can be made. Um, just coming from a musician standpoint, and I also work in the theater industry, so oh, there's a lot of crossover in that. Sustainability has been on my mind um, just because like I go to a venue and I'm encountered with cases and cases of plastic water bottles. And that's such an easy switch of just bringing my own water bottle and refilling it. Or I get asked about why I have not produced my own um, merch and it's something that I have been considering making and there are many companies that can make like t-shirts in an ethical way but it's the concept of okay do I really need to be adding to this world of consumerism and then there's also a price point for my fans um, because if we look at just the fashion industry alone uh, we've been conditioned that to believe that a plain white t-shirt is like eight dollars that's when it comes from fast fashion but when ethically when it's ethically made as in proper working conditions fairly paid wages ethically sourced fabric and sustainably made that can mean that that plain white t-shirt really could be easily upwards of forty dollars which is a lot of money and i understand that not everybody has access to be buying a forty dollar shirt with my face on it um <laughs> And then one other really big aspect that I consider as a musician is the touring industry. Um, it's really not an ideal or for a sustainable lifestyle um, from what like all the different gas emissions and just everything that goes into a venue or a festival. And I actually have um, an interesting story that, and I don't remember which company this was or what venues it supported, but I can guarantee you that it's been a really common thread in more corporate companies but I was at a music conference last year and this company was boasting about the removal of all plastic straws from their venues and festivals. Now, plastic straws is like the hot ticket item in really easy, easy sustainability and marketing yourself as more of a green company. Um, but what a lot of people don't consider is that currently plastic straws are the only completely safe option for many disabled individuals. And there are a variety of reasons for that. And in the interest in time, you should Google them to become more versed on that topic. But the key point that I really want to highlight is that completely banning plastic straws leads to an increased stigmatization of disabled people, either in the fact that they must now carry around a straw or that they have to ask for one. And that increased stigma comes from the fact that it's been pounded into our heads that plastic straws kill sea turtles. And in order to clean the oceans, we must ban plastic straws. And if we use plastic straws, we hate sea turtles. 
So I'm at this conference and I asked the company if they considered that, if they considered disabled individuals in their mission to become more green. And they gave me a very, very polite answer back, but in short, the answer was no. So that's what's really interesting about this topic of sustainability is that there are so many different layers and factors to consider. So like I said earlier, the frame that you have to look at, at it in is if you are able to consume more consciously, that is something you should do. And perfect conscious consumption literally mm -hmm. doesn't exist. So it's the aim for not perfect changes, but conscious choices. And I want to make it very clear that there are a lot of factors that go into that ability to consume more consciously. And that includes location, monetary wealth, class, race, because yes, environmentalism is connected and directly tied to race, which then cracks open this whole other topic of intersectional environmentalism. And that focuses on environmentalism, how it affects both people, marginalized communities and the planet. But that is a huge multifaceted topic that should be right. researched. So <laughs> I would just recommend Googling intersectional um, environmentalism because that's a really great place to kind of just figure out what you personally can be doing to make these little conscious changes in your life. <laughs> that's awesome. Thank you, Lauren, for that. You're very well versed. <laughs> Thank um, you for letting me share. <laughs> yeah, no worries. Now, I, I just want to bring it back to the music and because you have put out a, a brand new single called Best Coast and it's a super fun summer song. And I just love to know where we can stream and download that song and also where we can follow you on social media. Yes. So um, Best Coast is available everywhere. All of my music is available on any streaming platform. Um, obviously, the most popular two being Apple Music and Spotify. It's available under my artist name is Lauren Waller. Um, and I actually just released my lyric video for it. It's on my YouTube, also under Lauren Waller. Um, all social media is at L Waller Music. That's L as in the letter, um, not yeah, Ella's in the letter, Waller music. Um, but <laughs> so somebody once got confused and thought I meant L, like E-L-L-E. -L -L -E. Um, so that's just, I, my music is everywhere. If you go ahead and do add Best Coast to any um, Spotify playlist, I love seeing how my music fits into somebody else's kind of personal library and their taste. So I love kind of tracking all that on Spotify. Um, but that's pretty much, that's where all of it's available. It's a really fun song and I'm really, really proud of it. That's awesome. Well, I'm, I've really enjoyed our time together and thank you again for just not only sharing your music with us, but your heart and, and you are an advocate for, for lots of great things. And you're, like I said, you're very well-spoken and I know that our listeners will have really enjoyed tonight's interview. Folks that are tuning in to tonight's interview, please be sure to DM us at Heart of Indie on Twitter as well as Instagram. Let us know what you thought. Say hello to Lauren. And uh, we really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for tuning in to Heart of Indie Radio. And we're going to get back to the music right now. 